Hey there, you're listening to Making Spaces, the podcast about community, culture, and making new connections, hosted by my good Judy, my friend and yours, Sarah Heath. On this podcast, we're having conversations about design, literally making spaces, and how some of the most inclusive spaces aren't always the most inviting. And we're talking about what it means to make space for one another. With the world the way it is right now, we need to find ways to have conversations across lines of radical difference. So join Sarah each week as she tackles the intersection of design and practical spirituality with conversations with some of the most fabulous guests you're ever going to meet. Some will talk about actual design. Some of us will talk about relational design. But no matter what, it's an incredible time. So grab yourself a cup of whatever you like, and welcome to Making Spaces with Sarah Heath. Things go viral all the time. I was like, Mm -hmm. this was just like a one-time thing. I'm not a poet. What is this? Like, (laughs) I, I was like, this is nothing. But the thing that really broke me out of that in 2017 was I started to receive messages from people who had the, that particular poem that read, had just resonated with them in some way. And it was when I started getting messages from teenage girls um, that it really sort of humbled me in a lot of ways. And I started to see, I was like, oh, wait a second. All this time, I've been trying to write for this imagine, imagined critic somewhere <laughs> in the sky, you know, who's going to validate my work. And I was like, mm. actually, all along, I just needed to write what I needed to hear 10 years ago. Friends, you may already know this week's guest work, but you may not know her by her full name, Morgan Harper Nichols. She is an incredibly talented creative, a poet, a musician, and a visual artist. Her well-known Instagram poetry and visual art is signed with the simple letters MHN and is all based on the personal stories that her followers send her. Today's conversation centered around what it's like to make space for others and their stories while letting go of the fear of criticism and comparison. Morgan is such a gift, and this conversation was inspiring and challenging. Make sure you stick around at the end of the episode for the weekly space-making takeaway and an inspiring quote. This is not your first rodeo (laughs) at all. But it is with you, so... That's true! (laughs) Um. Because we were supposed to, like, do something forever ago back in March. Which seems like actual ages ago. <laughs> I mean, I've aged at least two years since Same. March. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. It's like a year older a month. <laughs> yes. It's like dog years all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. It really, that's a really good way to put it. It really does feel that way. It's been crazy. How are you guys oh, doing in the midst of this? Oh, man. We are... <laughs> We are hanging in there, so I'll I'll just cut to it. Like we, I no longer have my studio. That's just gonna have to be on pause for a little while. So we just opened that, and we're actually our company is just going all remote, and we're actually moving temporarily to Arizona for a little bit. Oh no! (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) is that? Yeah. You know, I get it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's really precautionary. It's like, thankfully, like 
we've been able to keep everyone employed and we still have work. It's just like a lot of the income and revenue we were expecting for events. Like we literally got our events, our, our space for events. So yep, that's why I was like, I'm bummed about it, but it's more of like a collective yeah. sorrow because it's like, oh, everyone's dealing with this. You know, it doesn't feel like a personal... I mean, yeah, it hurts personally, but it's not like, I feel like I've been good about it in terms of like, okay, yeah, this sucks, but it's, it sucks for everyone right now. So, so yeah, it's all good though. I, I honestly, like, I, I honestly feel so good. So thank you for asking. Yeah. I've just been thinking about you guys cause you launched your store and, um, we'll yeah. go into that in a little bit, but I mean, my gosh, what a time to like, I feel like the last time I was with humans was when I was at your like birthday party oh, slash yeah. store launch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Back and in then, January. Oh my goodness. Who um, knew what was to come? I couldn't have guessed. I yeah. could not have guessed. Um, yeah. So the question I usually open up with is, and this is going to be fun talking to someone who um, is artistically minded, is where is a space that you really love and it um it can be any sort of space it can be like a actual room it can be like Mm. a chair it can be anything where is a space that you love Mm, space that i love is i feel like this is such a nerdy response but i cannot wait (laughs) in the company of books like i love to be around shelves of books okay it's just something about the idea because I oftentimes am very I tend to get in my head a little bit and I'm very hard on myself sometimes like you know even say. though <laughs> even though I'm a writer and an artist I'm like oh should I be spending this time sitting here writing and writing out thoughts like who am I to do this you know that whole <laughs> imposter syndrome thing and I just looked at that shelf and I'm like it is highly likely that between these binds, there are hundreds of people behind me who have dealt with the same thing. Oh, it's 100%. And it's just something about that visual, whether I'm in a bookstore, which I really appreciate bookstores now because I can't go to them. Right. <laughs> I, I love bookstores. Um, and I, yeah, I just, when I go over friends' houses, like I like to look at shelves that they have. Uh, and I don't know, it's something about that that's, it felt it's very calming to me. It's it's been a constant in my life. Like growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, but my mom used to take us to uh, half price day at the thrift store. So all the books were like yes. fifty cents, and yes. we would yes. just we would just pile up on books, and yeah, it's just a lot of positive, a lot of positive memories for me, and and especially during these times where you know I, I can't go a lot of the places I used to go. That's it's even more special for me now. So Well, I yeah. am going to ask you uh, a really odd question, follow-up yeah. question to that. How do you feel about the smell of old books? Because I <laughs> love the way old books smell. I do, too. <laughs> Except for when they smell like cigarette smoke. <laughs> Fair. There are times where that's like, okay, I could I could do without that smell. Um, but yeah, there's something about those pages that just, yeah, it, it unlocks something for me. I like to buy a lot of used books online too. Um, oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's so fun because they'll just come from different uh, like small bookstores and, and thrift stores from all around the country. And you just never know. Like there's, there's 
writing in the margins and yeah, that mm-hmm. smell. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. Well, that is awesome. And I think there is something to be said about like, oh my gosh, I can see where this person was trying to uh, write and they also had the fears that I have. So it's mm-hmm. like a shared space too. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I actually recently found out about, um, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm getting so nerdy. (laughs) I love it. Um, um, I recently discovered this term. I didn't even know there was an actual term for it called, um, and I may be pronouncing it wrong, but marginalia, and that's marginal notes. It's writing in the margin. So that's like an actual term. It's an actual thing of like that people have studied the things that have been written in in the margins of books and ancient texts and how that tells you gives you more insight to the time yeah just google it it's it's really fun thank you i would love that that. i am such a nerd i love this stuff i i think there's this beautiful thing where we have this sense of permanence of people when we look at books and Mm -hmm. things like that we can see where this is not the first time this has been done. Mm-hmm. This is, you know. Yeah. This... And there's a lot of comfort in that. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I enjoy being able to, like, I I actually get excited when I read something that someone else has said. And I feel like they said it better than I did. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not the only one who's, who's felt this or thought this. It's, and in a way, you're just kind of standing on standing on the shoulders of a lot of people who've come before you. So, yeah, I love that. Yes. So you are, I mean, trying to de- like describe what you do. Um, you are a musician. You are a visual artist. You capture people's stories. You're a writer. You wrote poetry before you wrote poetry about other people's <laughs> stories. So you've got like all these sort of... Uh, skill sets that are just beautiful and the thing that i love is that you don't just you don't just like write these beautiful poetry about like what's in your head you actually kind of take other people's stories which makes space for other people's stories and we met as you were just starting this project and i know you have to talk about it a lot but would you mind sharing a little bit about what that looks like and how that has kind of it's really resonated with so many people like my favorite thing that happens to me is people will text me like hey this just reminded me of you and they'll text me like your (laughs) artwork and I'm like that's awesome that's my friend I know MHN Um, (laughs) so can you tell a little bit about what you do because I think Uh, it's fantastic oh thank you so for the past three years almost I have been writing and making art as a response to messages and emails and Instagram DMs that I receive. So I, my whole life, I've kind of always thought in color and imagery and just random imaginative poetic language, but I never really knew what to do with it. So I was like, I don't, I don't really want to share this out loud. I don't, <laughs> I don't really think people would care to hear it I always just kind of felt that way um so in 2017 I I think it was a culmination of a lot of things that happening in my life a lot of um I I've always felt like I was meant to be creative but at the same time it didn't seem like there were any opportunities 
like sustainable opportunities for me to do it professionally. Mm-hmm. So it was like there would be little flickers of hope here and there, like, oh, you know, maybe I can have, you know, all this, I can try in the music industry and all these different things. And I had, I had opportunities, which I'm really grateful for. But in terms of like sustaining enough to, you know, pay the rent every month. It was right. it was a struggle. And I and I really struggle with that because I spent the first half of my twenties just really, really trying so many different things. So I I had a resume that was just like an all over the place stereotypical creative, you know, <laughs> resume. Like barista over here, photographer over there, <laughs> graphic designer, all of it. Just your, you know, your stereotypical <laughs> millennial creative resume that some people might say. I don't know. But anyway, so I was really struggling with that because I was like, wow, I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I've let let people down who've support supported me because I haven't, you know, my career hasn't taken off or whatever. So I essentially wrote this poem that was a lament that was a lot of that that feeling. And I shared it on Pinterest. And a few months later, it had been repinned over 100,000 times. <laughs> and... I remember you saying you were like, it was what? The who? <laughs> How? <laughs> yeah, this is I... the thing? This is the thing that takes yeah, off? Yeah, I was like, oh, after all of this I've done, I'm talking like moving to Nashville, like doing all the things, like signing record deals everything <laughs> um this for the was, early this for <laughs> the late or the early millennials listening a record deal yeah. was this <laughs> way that you could make money from being a musician yeah, that's changed it is wild <laughs> it is wild so yeah after trying all of these things going into debt all of this I ended up writing this poem that's I think like 12 lines maybe even less <laughs> and it was just this just to sort of admitting, I guess, to myself, I guess, to God, like, hey, I feel like a failure. Um, and I don't really know what to do with that. So I wrote this poem about it and I ended up sharing it. And as it turns out, a lot of other people can relate to that feeling. So, so I have something <laughs> funny to tell you. And I don't think I've ever told you this. Oh, I pinned that like <gasps> on what? my like board way back in the day not knowing that the person oh. I knew as Morgan Harper Nichols was MHN. The same person. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I love that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just love this, these I, words. I and actually then, love that. <laughs> it turns so, out it's my like, yeah, I, like friend. <laughs> now I kind of wish you never found out. I feel like that would <laughs> been even more fun. <laughs> so you oh found out it was pinned. I didn't mean to take you off track, but oh, you found no. out it was pinned. I love that. So yeah, after it it had been shared a lot, you know, I would love to say that I was just super, I was like, this is the thing. But even then I was really cynical. I was like, I was like, things go viral all the time. I was like, Mm -hmm. this was just like a one time thing. I'm not a poet. What is this? Like, (laughs) I, I was like, this is nothing. But the thing that really broke me out of that in 2017 was I started to receive messages from people who had the, that particular poem that read, had just resonated with them in some way. And it was when I started getting messages from teenage girls um, that it really sort of humbled me in a lot of ways. And I started to see, I was like, oh, wait a second. All this time, I've been trying to write for this 
imagine imagined critic somewhere <laughs> in the sky, you know, who's going to validate my work. And I was like, mm. actually, all along, I just needed to write what I needed to hear 10 years ago. Oh, I have goosebumps. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, that's who I want to talk to. And right. I was like, if people unfollow, if the critics come and say, this isn't real poetry, this isn't this, I'm like, that's fine. Because I'm not writing for them. I'm writing for her. And it was, that was the year that I was like, okay, yeah, I, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm literally just going to write to people that, that respond to me. And that was the first time in my life. I've been creating things in many forms my whole life. That was the first time where I felt like I really sort of, sort of ignited this creative flow that wasn't, that wasn't so like boundaried by self-doubt. I mean, I still have it, but I didn't feel limited by that. I was just like, like thoughts until this day, like thoughts would come in my head of like, oh, I could hear a critic saying this about this piece. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> because it's not for them. Um, yeah, like, I literally don't care. I, <laughs> I'm sure they're wonderful people, but it just wasn't for them. Um, and that is still my response to, to this day, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not at all attacking dudes. But till this day, I, a lot of times I get messages from guys who say things like, oh, that didn't resonate with me or... I don't agree with that. And I'm like, all due respect. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing. Well, all due respect. It's like, this was written for a high school girl. Like, I don't think you guys may not have the same experiences. You may not be looking through the world through the same lens. So, so yeah, it's being able to, to share, to, to make art where it's like a response to one person at a time. For me, Oof. it's, it's just taking so much of the pressure off, honestly, because it's, the pressure is real. There's just so much pressure to yep. try to be this deep, profound, you know, speaker. Yep. Like, even if you don't consider yourself an artist, you know, when you just consider what's going on in the world, a lot of times people feel like, oh, well, what can I say? You know, because I'm not, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a philosopher, you know, <laughs> and it can, it can really, I think, limit a lot of people's creativity. So, so yeah, that's what I do. I just, I make art in response to one person at a time. And yeah, I've been doing that for three years. And honestly, it's, it is hitting people in oh, such incredible you. ways. And I think there's this uh, beauty to like, you've made space for other people's stories in a way that they can remain anonymous. They can see it in beauty. They can see it in hope. Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of got that because you've made space for one person, it makes space for a lot of people because the number of people who read what, you know, is, is definitely created for one person, but say, oh, that's, that was created for me without your knowledge. It's kind of this like mystery, or I would call it like this divine experience mm -hmm. of that which was you know a space for one is actually a space for a multitude i think that's mm -hmm. incredible yeah incredible. Well, thank you it's i'm really passionate about that like i i think that there's a lot of you know loneliness in the world i mean i don't think that 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 is true that's true there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of loneliness in the world and and i know for me a lot of the times where i've felt the most lonely, the times where I was most hurt, it was through a song. It was through art. It was through mm. comedy. You know, it was it was through some sort of creative, you know, thing. So, 
I try to hold on to that because it's, I, I definitely think that art is a, is a way to help people, you know, even if it's created with one specific person in mind, like it's a way to help people feel seen. So Yeah. I, uh, I was wondering a little bit, so we're recording this after there has been another instance of police brutality and uh, it's so interesting as a speaker and then uh, for you as an artist and a speaker, uh, how does one respond in a way that um, kind of holds on to the pain, mm-hmm. um, magnifies the voices? And I loved what you wrote yesterday in in response. Was that yeah. in response to the story or was it in response to someone else having sent you something? Mm. That was actually in response to myself <laughs> mm. um, because in doing this and writing for, for people for years, I eventually had to come to terms with the fact, and I think it kind of happened when I was writing my first book of like, okay, I have to, yes, I'm writing for others, but I, I'm also speaking from my own pain and my own stories and my own experiences. Mm-hmm. So I have started to, you know, when I feel something like burning inside of me that I just want to say, or I'm just like, I got to say this, I got to get this down, whether I end up sharing it or not. I've really start started to pause and see that, okay, sometimes, you know, I, this means I need to go into my DMs. I need to go in my email and I need to respond to someone. But I was like, sometimes... I need to respond to myself. Um, And that's kind of what started this whole thing was just like responding to myself. So I think for me, you know, when I, when I shared that piece and the piece is just about like not letting people shame you for having open wounds. Yeah. I think I actually, I'd love to read it because if you don't mind, it says when your heart is bent towards justice and you feel the weight of what has not changed and you are so tired of fighting a fight, that keeps taking on new shapes, it does not make you weak. When your tired heart is broken, do not let them shame you because your wounds are still open. Like, I can't read that without getting goosebumps. Um, yeah. And it makes space for your story, And it, but it also, I, I think about people who are just tired. I mean, tired is the, particularly my friends who are um, people of color, they're just tired. Yeah. tired yeah that's exactly what it is and you know as as all of this was you know unfortunately unfolding in the news you know i i felt like this pressure at first of like okay what can i say to help people call to action and there were just so many moments where i just like broke down i mean my my physical body just felt so tense and I'm, Mm. i'm clenching my fists and i'm like you know what like, I need to make space to grieve. I'm like, this is traumatic. It's traumatic for me, someone who, who grew up hearing stories of my own father, who was a child of a sheriff, having to deal with police brutality. Um, mm. He did nothing. Someone thought he looked like a guy who did something uh, down the street. And this is in the 80s, you know? My dad's not, <laughs> it wasn't no. like in the 50s. This was not that long ago. And he's such a charismatic, yeah. oh, kind yeah. man. Yeah, exactly. And, and hearing stories from my mom, who told me stories also in the 80s, like, oh yeah, in high school, we couldn't go to that town because it was a sundown town and black oh, people couldn't, couldn't be there after dark. And it's like, growing up hearing those stories and then, and then being an adult and saying, 
why are we still here? You know, it's, I'm like, yeah, I don't, for that pain, you know, I don't have a step-by-step, you know, I don't have a, here's what you can do. I'm like, I just need to be sad right now. Like, I just, I just need to grieve right now. And, and I, and I really, and I was like, yeah, this is something that I, um, that I just need to talk to myself about, you know, um, cause there, there are times where, you know, I'm writing for others and, and, and issues of, of race and inequality definitely come up and I definitely write to that a lot, but I do think that there is important and something important about like, you know, even if you are actively, you know, helping others, like you have to really take care of yourself in a way and, and say, Hey, I need to, I need to grieve this too. Like this. So for me, that's, that's what that was. And, and I also oh, I wanted, to, I also want to be careful to not make it about me, you know, like, I'm like, this isn't about me. Like I didn't, I didn't lose my life here, but at the same time, I just, I just wanted to add and say, Hey, just so you know, like, yes, there's a lot of people out there who are really working hard and, and this is a, it is a brave fight, but it is also an exhausting and tiring fight. And, I just wanted to make space to hold all of that. Oh, I think it's key. I think um, the, especially as women, I feel like sometimes we, (laughs) we immediately go to uh, what can I do? Um, Mm. How can I, how can I, how should I react to help other people react? And if you have any kind of platform, mine is a, a smaller platform, but it definitely like, okay, I feel like I can get people to do something. And what we don't realize is the toll it takes on us. Um, and yet there, there is power in even saying, but this is a struggle and we are Mm -hmm. in the midst of, you know, you've got a son. Mm -hmm. Uh, how is your son going to grow up in the world? Is he going to grow up feeling afraid of the police? Is he going to grow up feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, protected? Um, you know, some of the spaces that exist in the world are so, you know, white centric and how do we mm-hmm. change that, respond to it? I mean, as a, as a Caucasian woman, I, I know for me, sometimes I'm like, this is not a place for me to speak, but it's a place for me to amplify other people's messages because you okay. don't need to hear another white woman saying something it feels like. Um, and, but then again, I hear what you said earlier in the conversation is, but we got to make space for ourselves and we have to make space for like the, like letting go of the critic, um, Mm. because the critic will come, Mm -hmm. the critic will come. And, you know, I read a quote one time that was like, you know, they're going to criticize you anyway. So you might as well do the Mm -hmm. thing that you feel is your thing. We're going to take a brief break from this conversation to listen to some messages from our sponsors that make this podcast possible. Voting isn't just about going to the polls on election day anymore. There's lots of options out there like voting early, mail-in voting, and drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Democracy Works best friends when we all vote. But misinformation and confusion about election procedures have resulted in a low voter turnout. How to Vote is this tool that was created by Democracy Works, and it takes the guesswork out of the voting process. So make sure that you sign up to vote. Decide when and where you'll vote this year and how to, because we need you to get out there and vote. 
Make sure you have the appropriate ID. Make sure you find your polling site. Make sure you check your voter registration status because every vote counts. I just see your story as one where you were kind of circling this thing that has just caught on for people. And, and although it, you know, there's been different iterations of it, I just love that it was the thing that when you just kind of just did the work or continued in the space that like kind of just, okay, I'm going to press into work. Cause you never could have imagined, could you mm, have that? No. You would be like designing things that would go into target. Like oh, to me, no. that's like the, that is the key. I mean, I, what, what can I make that gets into target? Um, <laughs> but I think there is, you know, space and room. And like, even as I, I, your book is one of my, I love it so much. And I, I, I read through it and I did this, thing where when we started sheltering in place, I started reading a poem once a week just online. And I haven't done it as much as I should have. But what's interesting is like thousands of people would watch just for me to read someone else's words. But Mm. it's again, that thing where you're being specific, but it's like the, the space that you're making is very specific. But once you like commit to making that space, it like opens up, Mm. you know? Yeah. So like, you're making space for other people's stories and now more people feel like their stories are legitimized. Yeah. Heard. Yeah. That is absolutely. Yeah. And then never, it, it never ceases to surprise me and just completely just amaze me in the best way possible because it's, it's interesting to me because it's like, I get to experience by, by, by making art in response to one person at a time, like I get to experience for myself, it's it's healing for me because I'm like this is this is directly addressing the wound that I've had for mm. a very long time of feeling too different, feeling not enough, like I didn't belong, things that I was actually told by people that I looked up to that my Mm. work wasn't this or I didn't belong here. And, you know, I remember a lot more of that stuff than I wish I did. Mm. (laughs) I wish I was better (laughs) at forgetting. Um, But I also remember lots of random useless information too. So it's not all that. (laughs) I have a really sharp memory and I, I remember a lot of things. I remember things that like there's there's this one particular thing that this guy said to me in college that it I still have to work through that. Like I still work through it. And they were just words, you know, but it they were words that made me aware of this divide between his world and mine. And so yeah, for me to use words to connect with someone else, I'm like I, I just imagine I'm like I, I just think that there's it is very likely that there is also another girl out there in college who was just mm-hmm. told something similar to what I was told and I may not be able to fix that or undo that for her but yeah I, I know it would have mattered to me to have been able to have positive things on social media where I'm seeing all these other people doing all these things and so yeah that's that's you know that's that so interesting because I think about as people are scrolling through social media, there really is this uh, negative effect that can happen. I know Mm -hmm. for me as someone who isn't married and doesn't have kids and those were always things that I 
was hoping for in my in my story and so I there are days of the the year that are really hard because mm-hmm. they're just filled with pictures of children oh, or yeah. whatever it might be and I think and I can um, imagine even now because everyone's yeah. at home and yeah. you're just seeing like oh look at us we're, we're bonding as a family you know it's I, and, it can be and then to yeah. see and come across this like it's always like this this space that you make for hey like this isn't the story is not over whatever it might be and um it's it is incredible to me how that has it is just shown up when people need it the most and so uh, i think it's true sometimes when we i won't even say sometimes i know that it's true when we are willing to have what i you know a a divine wound and Uh to, you know, in a helpful way, look at that wound and share it. And oftentimes we create what we need. Right. And I Uh think, you know, you, you helping 10 or 20 years ago, Morgan, um, you know, it, it, it's helping the world in in such a incredible way. And and we need those voices right now. And we need that, you know, we need Uh the space of positivity and feeling like there are, you know, even I, I think about the the girl who's seeing someone who looks like them doing this kind of work. Mm. Um, I just think representation is so key. Like I sometimes mm. I have to show up in spaces where, you know, having ovaries is weird for the people in the space. And I think <laughs> as a woman, sometimes I don't want to go into those spaces. But I think sometimes representation in the number of times, you know, you as a person of color, but also someone who is a artist and grew mm. up in so many different places if people can see the space that you occupy and i know as a as an introvert it you you know you've, you've done it in so many different ways but it's kind of it even gives a safe space for introverts to feel mm-hmm. like they can really communicate with someone because i think mm-hmm. introverts have you guys have been branded as you don't like people which is yeah. not true at all you love people they yeah. just exhaust you <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned social media, because I think that there's a there and I think it's changing. But but for a few years there, I mean, at least I was listening to lots of podcasts and reading a lot about, you know, marketing and social media. And a lot of what I heard was a whole and it's not wrong, but I've learned and I think I've proven that there's more than one way of doing it. And a lot of what I heard was you've got to show your face. Do you have to tell your story? People want to hear the nitty gritty details of all the yeah. things you do. And, and at least that's how I'm interpreting. It. I'm hearing it. And, and even I would look at other musicians when I was in music full time and, and I would see them the way that they interacted with their audience and the way that they were, you know, crowd surfing and doing all these oh my things. Gosh. And I was oftentimes like, okay, um, yeah, I can't do that. And, and in today's time, I wouldn't interpret it differently. But back then, I interpreted it as, oh, well, I'm not enough. Like, I'm not good enough to, clearly, I'm not good enough because they're successful. I'm not. They're getting invited to the festivals and the tours. I'm not. So, well, and part of your story is you have a sister who, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't realize. It is um, more high energy. <laughs> right. And I didn't realize because I just, I am, I'm just now getting on the YouTubes for this podcast, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, but I didn't realize that she was, you know, a musician that had 
gotten, and I, I think I'm getting this story right. She had gotten pretty well known because of YouTube. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I she... cannot imagine like having that as a younger <laughs> yeah. sister. My, like... Seriously, my younger sister, first of all, she's amazing. She's, she's so she's great. Done, she has Tourette syndrome and she actually started YouTube as a way to like deal with a lot of the stigma really? around Tourette syndrome. And back then in like 2003, that wasn't like cool. Like people weren't talking about like, yeah, let's destigmatize Tourette syndrome. <laughs> like that was still like the butt of jokes in a lot of movies. Like Good it for was her. She was doing this like 12, 13 years old. And she was like, she ended up going to Capitol Hill and speaking to help get a bill passed okay. in, public, <laughs> in public school so that kids were, yeah. So she was just like this little like, fireball and she was just taking her story and and sharing it so even like in a really positive way i would look at her like oh yeah that's how you do it but (laughs) clearly i'm not that so (laughs) so yeah it took me a long time to realize hey guess what you can literally just share what's from your journal (laughs) your artwork and that's real too you know it took me a long time to get there. <laughs> and it's going to reach different people. Mm-hmm. And it's, I love that idea of, okay, I think in some ways when you were trying to fit into a mold of, I'm, I'm thinking about the critic, I'm thinking about the, you know, industry person, I'm thinking about this person, like that's exhausting. Cause that's a mm-hmm. moving target. It's such a moving mm-hmm. target. But when you're thinking about that one person who just needs to hear that, they're enough because maybe you need to hear you're enough. Um, mm-hmm. That that just opens a space, and you know, making spaces for people's pain, making spaces for people's excitement and joy. Because we also don't do that well, do we? We don't celebrate mm-hmm. yeah, people really hard. well. Mm-hmm. And so I just I'm so grateful for people like you who are are willing to like a little bit share a little bit here, see how this goes over here. I just. it resonates with people because they're Mm. I think people are tired in some ways of you know the show like the thing about your sisters that's authentically her Mm -hmm. and this is authentically you Mm -hmm. and I think this chance for us to look inside because I can't handle sometimes I'll listen to podcasts again about marketing and that kind of stuff and it's like this boss babe world and Mm -hmm. I'm like that is just not me yeah i struggle with that too because it's like you definitely especially you want to support women starting their businesses and you know so i i subscribe to every podcast i could find because i'm like yeah absolutely i want to support but then i was like wait a second but why can't why am i not on her level you know like why am i not so yeah it creates a really weird thing And and i think like you said it's just like there's room for all of us to be authentically ourselves and our audiences aren't going to look the same. They might not be the same size. We may not, some of us may not have audiences. Maybe we're, we're building, we're community organizers. You know, it's not, it's going to manifest in different ways. And I'm, and I, yeah. And I just think that there's, there's a lot more room for that for sure. That's actually something that when we talk about making space, uh, what I have realized as I've spoken, particularly to, to women in this in this genre or era, when we're making space, we have to come at it from abundance. Like there really is mm. space for all of our 
giftedness in where we're at. And <laughs> there is space for us to make mistakes. There is space for us to, you know, when we come at it from scarcity, and I think one of the lies that has been told to women in particular, I think it gets told to men as well, is that there's only so many spaces for you, mm, for, yeah. for women who do art. There's only like mm. four spaces. And so you got to fight for that. Yeah. And then you start thinking about, you know, how can my work be better than so-and-so's work instead of like, how can this be mm-hmm. what I'm creating? You know, I think about it even as I, you know, do design or fix the, or whatever it might be. I think, well, I'm not, you know, professionally trained or I don't have whatever it might be. And the truth mm-hmm. is, is the moment I get in my head like that, I'm kind of missing the divine spark or the, oh, yeah, the thing that was meant for me. And I can tell when I am jealous of someone, I'm, I'm now starting to go, Oh heart, mm-hmm. there's something you want in that. Oh and, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh heart. There's something that you want to want to do. And I think we're learning how to raise other women's platforms and how to, you know, even raise different people's um, projects and processes that they're doing. And it's an, it's a new thing because we're trying to get rid of a competitive Mm. market, you know, dog eat dog, all that sort of awful imagery. And I, I, the more I get excited for other people, I feel like more space is created. So the more space I make for other people, it just gets bigger. It's not this like, it doesn't get smaller. It gets bigger. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And when you show up for yourself, you're showing up for other people. Mm. And I just so appreciate you doing that. So I absolutely adore talking to you. So I'm going to have you on again, but I want to honor time and make sure that uh, you get a chance to answer the last question, which uh, always is this. When you're thinking about making space for other people as a as an artist, as someone who collects people's stories, if you think about other people, what is one like tangible way that you feel like whether someone is a community leader or they are an artist, how can they make space for other people's stories? Like what is a mm. tangible thing you can think of? Yeah. So one thing that I do when I'm when I'm writing for others is even if it just ends up being in the actual email or message I send back to them, I try to incorporate the exact language that they use and just reflect it back to them. Mm. So if they describe what they're going through as as healing or just whatever the specific words are, even if it's just in my response, I literally... I don't try to change it and put my interpretation on it. I make sure I, I start with what they said, the way they described it. Um, so I don't share any of this, any of the stories, but I'm trying to give an example of one that I received recently. And, and the way that she described what she was experiencing, it actually, for me, it triggered a lot of, like shame language that I had heard like mm. in a church environment. Yes. And it wasn't even it wasn't even to me directly. It was things I had heard like other people say about people in the church. And I was like, whoa, I was I was furious that mm. that was her language because it let me know, oh, someone's been feeding the someone's made her feel this way. And I just kinda had this like righteous anger about it. And the first thing I did was like 
I, I'm Enneagram five. I went into my dissertation mode. And I was yeah. just like, here's why they're wrong. And then I, I just, <laughs> I just backspace all of that. And I was like, you know what? I was like, for her right now, she is feeling shame. I was like, and I need to address that and say, I'm so sorry that you're feeling shame. Cause that's mm. the word she used. And Yes, there were all these other things that made me want to just like go and find her and give her a hug and go talk to all of these people. <laughs> Man, Make her like, change communities. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, let me start with where she is right now. And mm. she came to me from from that place because like I'm feeling this because of all this other stuff. So, so yeah, as I literally take a deep breath in saying that, that's just been really important for me because. You know, when you really start to listen to people's stories, you will get a righteous anger. You will get angry that that this person has had to experience this. It's like, this is so unfair. Like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. And I think I think it's, you know, I think about in my own life. I'm like, you know, I think about the times like my therapist has just literally repeated what I said back to me and said, I'm so sorry. Fill in the blank happened to you. And even that, it's just like, okay, someone else said it. Someone else acknowledged that this pain is real. So And used my words. Yeah, and, I think and used that's, my words. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's how you stay true and honest to their yeah. experiences. Okay, this is how you, this is how you're reflecting this to me. And it, mm-hmm. it, it is, it's so hard, isn't it? Not to be like, yeah. <laughs> you have been unjustly treated. And that's true. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't in any way less change how mm. they're experiencing it. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a great advice. If, if we're making space for other people, use the language. And, and I even think about like dominant culture, mm-hmm. right? Like so often dominant culture will use the language that makes sense to us and has a tough time, you know, mm-hmm. translating it. But, you know, there's something when you hear something in your own language and sometimes too, when people reflect it back to us, we're like, do I really feel that way? Is that yeah, really exactly. what I just said? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a mirror. That's all it is. You know, it's like when you look in the mirror, someone's like, oh, I didn't know that was there. You know, I didn't know I had cheese on my face, you know, or <laughs> or I didn't know that I, oh, that's interesting. You know, it just, it just brings awareness, you know, it's a reflection. So yeah, for me, that's kind of how I see art because it does get overwhelming. I do sometimes feel pressure. Like I, again, without giving away like mm-hmm. what I share, I have... I have um, responded to messages and the response was, thank you so much for sending this on, but that person is no longer here anymore. Um, Mm. Passed away. And that's like, yeah. (laughs) When that happens, I mean, it it guts me every freaking time. And I just have to look at that and say, you know what? I, there's nothing I can say to bring that person back. No. Um, So let me just talk to that person who was on the other end Mm. um, just for this moment. So, so yeah, it's, it it can go. uh, Yeah. For me, that that's just how I, how I've been finding peace and and comfort and all of this. It's just like, you know, let's just find a way to reflect others. I think that's a really good starting point. Yeah. It's not as much as it is my story. It's, not my story to own. And I think that's the, mm-hmm. that's the tough part of being a story collector and sharer is to say, mm-hmm. okay, I can sit in solidarity with this person, but it is not my pain to own. Mm-hmm. 
And I am, I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for this time. I look forward to us chatting next week for your project that you're working on. That will be so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know that I was challenged by the reminder that we have to allow each person to tell their story in whatever way they currently see it. As we make space for each other's stories, may we make space for difference and growth. This week's inspiring quote actually comes from Morgan herself. Tell the story of the mountain you have climbed. Your words could be a page in someone else's survival guide. Making Spaces is edited by Stephen Burnett from The Cult Popcast. The introduction music is It Can Be Done by Ari via Epidemic Sound. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And leave us a review. It helps other listeners find us and let us know that we're on the right track.